welcome to the blunderbuss. Yes, the blunderbuss has driven all over Australia, meeting some fantastic leaders who have shared some painfully honest stories about their moments of failure and what they've learned. There's been almost 50 episodes downloaded over 8,000 times, making it the most popular podcast about leadership failure ever recorded on a bus anywhere in the world. And all great bus trips come to an end. Yes, folks, this is literally the ultimate blunderbuss journey. So today's episode is a bit different from our previous episodes, and I've invited Lee Hatcher, one of Australia's most experienced journalists, to seize control of the bus. So welcome, Lee. Thanks for jumping on the blunderbuss. It is my absolute privilege, and I can't kind of vouch much for my driving skills of bus. I'm going to try it before. So this <laughs> and I your think your first go. I need to say to you, on behalf of your audience, uh, how sad I am to kind of be here to bury the bus, <laughs> at least for the moment. Yeah. But also, I'm sure a lot of people would want to want me to express on their behalf great gratitude for you. Um, yeah. To, for, for the enterprise, but also the content. Yeah, the, thank you, Lee. I, I have received some some positive comments and some positive okay. feedback. So, yeah, thank you for saying that. So why are you, let's say, parking the bus? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's a good way of putting it. Whether this is the final episode ever, you never want to say never. No, no, uh, no. So, good. you know, um, but look, this really started for me as a, a bit of a COVID project and um, when I had a lot of time. And so that's going back, I don't know, a couple of years, two and a half years, whatever now. And it, it you know, um, was a little sideline that I did that didn't take up a huge amount of time and it was fun to do whatever. But I think I've got to a point now where I have I have quite a number of really, really good things, good opportunities that I'm investing time in at the moment. And it's, it's the real big challenge, right? How do you choose the best from the good? And I've just decided a few things need to come out of the schedule. And sadly, I think after a good run, it's it's time to park the bus. So I actually coach in um in media, coach right. people in media. Yeah. More and more. I've been probably flicking this switch over the last three years, certainly since COVID, to say, you know, you want me to train you for what we call legacy media, newspapers, radio, television. Yeah. yeah. I'll do that. But what I'm here to say primarily is you know, you can be your own broadcaster, which is what you've done. Yeah. You know, it's genius, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but also I, I know enough about the process because I do podcasts myself to know it's it's um, it's not easy. It's it's accessible and yes. accessible, but it takes thought and care and and time. So yeah. I'm good on you for doing it. Yeah. Can I take you back a bit? Yeah. Because I'm interested in your rationale for the podcast in the first place, apart from COVID. Yeah. So I live in an era where... So much content, certainly online, certainly podcasts, uh, are about success and growth and the world's full of influences. <laughs> Blunders don't quite fit <laughs> so well. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Well, I have nothing to contribute to the uh, to the success content, Lee. I have a lot to contribute to the failure <laughs> content. But I, I really do think that you, you just learn more from your failures than you do from your totally. successes. You know, absolutely. It's yeah. just absolutely true. And I think when you when you when you succeed at something, often you don't know why you have. And it could have been for any number of reasons. And you're probably more likely to to miss, you know, understand why you've succeeded or whatever. But mm -hmm. failure, there's just so much to learn uh around that. And here's an expression that I have really liked for a long term you, time. You learn nothing from experience. 
You only learn from experiences that you reflect on. Now, I'll go and think about that. <laughs> well, that's well, profound wisdom coming from a wealth of experience, my answer. <laughs> well, you know, it's really possible, isn't it, to just make the same mistake over and over and over again. Yeah. It's only when you go away and reflect on something that you've done wrong and you think, why did I do that? What did happen in that kind of incidence? It's, it's the reflection on experience that actually brings about learning. The lineup of people you've got for the podcast, I kept reading uh, names. I think I know that person. I know that yeah. person. Yeah. And I think, where'd you find all these failures, Ed? <laughs> well, it's really interesting because literally most of the people on the episode are just people that I know. Um, um, you know, I did one series through Baptist World Aid, and I didn't know all of those people, so that was through that organisation. But it was really just mates, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, and, prepared for a bit of honesty, though. Well, I think it really surprised me um, yeah. that people would come on and I'd say, I want you to share you know, something that you're comfortable sharing. And people shared, I thought, some extraordinary, extraordinary yes, yes. stories. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, you are prepared to go public with this. Uh, the, the level of vulnerability with which people shared genuinely surprised me. And what would you say you've learned about leadership failure as you've yeah. this podcast? Yeah, thanks. Um, look, a number of people say this when I ask that question, what have you learned? One is, it is just so true, failure is uh, inevitable. If if you're actually going to do something, if you're a highly risk avoidant person who you know won't do anything in case something goes wrong, well, no, you won't fail, but you won't achieve anything. And I think that list of people that you you looked at, I, there are some just absolutely marvellous leaders there who've done some really extraordinary things. And because they've tried courageous things and experimental things and pioneering things, yeah, they've made some mistakes. But if you're going to really have a crack at something, then you're going to make mistakes. And and failure is okay. I think I, I, I really had this kind of agenda of wanting people to feel um, about the normalisation of failure. Yeah. Um, making a mistake is 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 human. You're not going to do anything. It may not be fun to fail, but it is okay. And hence the tone of the podcast. You know, it's it is deliberately quite jokey um, because I didn't want this to be like people moaning and weeping. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, let's, have a, good, that's right. let's have a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yet, I, must, I must say this, yet, and I, and I think this, especially within the Christian community where we both dwell, um, we're good at putting on faces. Right. And we're good at uh, pretending and, you know, hoping that our denial will convince people that things sometimes do go wrong or that we're in the midst of some challenging stuff or setbacks. Yes, and I think there is a lot of that facade, isn't there, in yeah. Christian, uh, you know, media, not media, I know, celebrity, you know, presentations, all that, that kind of yeah. influence. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I think I'm at an age and stage in life where, like, you know, I I have nothing to hide. I I don't care. <laughs> I don't have an image that I'm seeking to protect. Uh, I'm more than happy for people to know about the the dumb stuff that I did. You know, Lee, one of my kind of theme songs in life. You know, Paul Kelly's song, uh, I've done all the dumb oh, things. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's like going to that. be an earworm for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I have done all the dumb things. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And hence my interest in, you know, things like pastoral supervision because uh, yes. I think I'm a good person to talk to because you probably haven't done a dumb thing that I haven't already done. Yeah. And there's a, in my observation, there's a fair bit of a lack 
of good pastoral supervision, actually. Right, right, yeah. right. Which yeah, is a real need, for sure. Yeah. What would you say you've learned about your own leadership failures? Um, Assuming there's been more than one. <laughs> you can safely, you can safely <laughs> assume that. Um, well, you know, they're normal. I've had a lot of them. I've learned a lot. So I jump in and tell you about, you know, my big one. Yeah, tell me your story. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, most people say this when I ask the question, you know, have you ever failed? And they go, well, where do I start? You know, which one <laughs> do I choose from? So I had to. How long have you got? Yeah, how long have you got? And I, I feel like that too. But so this one takes us back some time. In fact, it takes us back 20 years. And I, I don't tell this story because, you know, it was the last mistake that I made, but it was a really pivotal learning moment for me in Christian <laughs> leadership, right? So here's, here's how it goes. I'm about uh, 40 years of age. I'm, I'm, leading the the ministry that became Darling Street Anglican Church, which was a church planting ministry that ended up, you know, growing and we combined with another parish and, it, you know, it was quite a sizable thing by the time we finished, 13 years of my life doing that. This is kind of at a somewhat midpoint in that. I'm about 40 years of, of, of age um, and it it comes at a time of, of real pressure um, in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. My family life, my marriage, actually, and also in in the the life of the church, where I think uh, the church was growing faster than I had the leadership ability to lead. Okay. So this week, uh, Jane, my wife, and I are having a full and frank discussion. It was a difficult period for us, and she says, "You don't know how to lead this family." You don't know how to lead this family as a team. You do your thing. You do it your way. And you're a strong individual, but you don't know how to lead this family. Wow. Okay. So then I go to work. This is hand on heart true. And uh, Jill, the woman who is like my 2IC, you know, my closest colleague, you know, totally coincidentally without reference to, to Jane, sits me down and says, Ed, I just want to talk to you and tell you that, you don't really know how to lead this staff. Oh, my team. goodness. Completely separate. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Bang, bang. Oh. And you know my first thought, Lee? Jane yeah. speaks to me. Jill speaks to me and says almost exactly the same thing. And I think two people who are very close to me say exactly the same thing. And I think, how can, they both, how can they both be so wrong? Yeah. Can I just ask what was your immediate response to both of them? Because uh, it could have been, no, no, I do, actually. So. I. It, it was a shock to me, and I think it, they were both exposing to me an absolute blindside. Mm. Um, but they were able to them. speak into your life about yes. that, and you were yeah, able yeah. to hear it. Actually. It was it, my hearing was was reluctant and okay. slow, yeah. and so interestingly, where where this took us, uh, it took Jane and I into counselling, mm-hmm. marriage counselling, nice. and uh, and here was a magic moment in that counselling. Uh, so we we found a good counsellor. This woman talked to me. Jane and I were there together, and she said, "Ed, I want to talk to you about." Um, I, I think Jane was essentially saying that you don't know how to be a nurturing presence in this family. Okay. And so this counsellor looked at me and said, "Ed, I just want to talk to you about your family of origin. Can you tell me about um, what your family was like growing up? How did your mother nurture you?" And I remember sitting there. You know, thinking nurture, nurture, nurture. You know, you say a word 
you know, 20 times and it just becomes ridiculous. It's just these yeah. empty sounds. Yes. And I'm saying this word over to myself thinking, actually, I'm generally pretty good with words. I should know what the answer to this question is. And I just got to a point where I said, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to answer that question. My goodness. And because said, it didn't happen? No, because yeah. I didn't know how to, because after much reflection, I realized that nurture did take place in my family. My mother was a nurturing person in one respect, that in, in the way that that she, um, in, in very servantly ways, in very practical ways, and in the way that she, she provided food for you. Yes. And uh, she was just wonderful at that. But she wasn't demonstrative physically. Mm. She wasn't demonstrative verbally. Emotionally. Um, no, in, in not in not in an out. I know she loved me. I know she cared yes. about me enormously, or whatever, but not in those ways that would help you to know how to how to nurture other people. Yeah, and it just sort of dawned on me. Okay, my family and you know, my parents got divorced. My family, you know, was was dysfunctional. You know, there was alcohol abuse in my family. There was there was domestic violence in my family. You know, I think my family was wonderful at at helping me be a really strong individual. In fact, I think my siblings and I are very, very strong individuals, which sets you up perfectly to be a pioneer in like a church plant or something wow. like that. Yeah. What it doesn't set you up is that once you've pioneered and once you've grown something, how to gather a team and nurture them as a team, that's not a skill set I had. That's a very different thing, yeah. So well, can I just ask for the executive summary, how that all turn out from there? Yeah. You got it, that? I got that. And it took me on a journey where I thought, I have to learn how to be a nurturing person. Mm. And, wow. uh, and I don't know how to do that. And so I had, to, I had to think about that in terms of my marriage and my family, um, especially my relationship with Jane. And so I, I had to, almost like um, learning new behaviors, I had to learn some ways uh, to be a nurturing husband because I don't think I've been that. And I also had to learn ways to be uh, nurturing in my staff team. And, and it took me on a journey where I, I thought, I have to think about what, what, is, what is leadership at its heart? Yeah. So I came up with this formula, right? and this is what I think leadership is. I think leadership is influence. So leaders influence people around them. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a well-known, you know, well-accepted kind of thing. But then I asked the question, what, what do you actually do to influence people? And I think you do two things. Really great leaders are leaders of vision, like we know that, yes. people who say, this is what where we're going, this is what yeah. we're going to do. And to be honest, I think intuitively and instinctively, I'm good at that. Okay. But le great leaders are leaders of vision and people of nurture. Yeah. And so they are able to not just lead the people but grow the people around them. Did you, know, you learn that from a counsellor or counsellors or other blokes or leaders? I think that I I kind of went on a on a journey of thinking how how do I actually grow the people around me and that's reading a lot of books talking to a lot yes, of people yes. doing a lot of thinking yeah. because the vision stuff was easy the growing the people around me was hard I think what you were saying about blunders before is absolutely classic in that story that it's only through that kind of thing that you've grown in your ability to lead, not there, but but to do the blunderbuss and, and lots of really interesting leadership stuff that I know that you've been involved with. Yeah, well, yeah. Have you got a favourite episode in the series? Yeah, there are a couple. Um, actually, interestingly, 
some of the my my most favorite episodes are really early on, okay. think, which is which is not to say some of the later ones, but I'll tell you some of the ones I love. Probably my all time favorite is uh, the one with Stuart Robinson, yes, um, which is called I think Church Killer, how we called it. And so Stuart tells this story of um, how he started this somewhat informal gathering of of people. It's kind of over a meal. He brought in a musician, uh, it, and it was just discussion based, informal, you know, whatever. And then someone, yeah, you know, one of the great ones, put their hand on his shoulder and said, "Well, that's great, Stuart, but when are you doing the real evangelism?" And so Stuart, f- feeling deeply guilt, and he, he dissembled. You know, there were people who never had anything to do with church, and there were gay people in the group, and there were people who never darkened a door of a church. You know, extraordinary. And then he says, "Okay, next week we're going to do Christianity Explained or something oh, like okay. that." Yes, and killed killed the entire yes. thing, stone yes. dead in one week. Because I was so excited that he, you know, when when you get a musician in and you sit around and talk, I think, right, well, that's interesting, right? Especially, <laughs> you know, when you consider the state of the church today. Is, yeah. is that model working? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, it was, Stuart is, I think, one of the finest leaders of my generation, great yes. evangelist, you know, yeah. great guy. And I think, oh, even Stuart. And oh. it was, it was, um, uh, it's heartbreaking, tragic yes. that that, yes. that kind of thing came to a close. And yet I think Stuart learned an enormous amount from, yeah. from doing that. Yeah. Uh, my good friend, Al Stewart, again, an early episode where Al, uh, a great, great leader got together with a bunch of people to to plan a church, and as he said, we didn't share exactly the same vision. Uh, we were close, but not close enough. He wanted to do one thing; his friends wanted to do something else. And as Al said, I just thought I'd kind of persuade him over to my view. And you know, and, there's a lesson. There's a lesson. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you know that thing of you know, um, one degree out, you know, yeah. is fine at this point, but when you project it forward a thousand miles, it's you know, it's a big deal. Uh-huh. And the project that he was involved in never really fired as it should have by his own admission, yeah. you know, because he never. Here's another one. Um, yes. uh, my good friend uh, and yours, Jill McGilvray. Oh, Jill, Jill does a fantastic episode on, I think we called it On Being Human, yes. where she was trying to work out. She you know, was uh, involved in a church as a pastoral carer. And uh, she said she knew she was in trouble when someone that she was ministering to, asked her the question, Jill, what's your day off? And she said, oh, um, Wednesday, why do you ask? And she said, oh, I just want to know what your day off is so that I can I can, you know, call you and we can catch up together on your day off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bit close to home for me. So anyhow. Okay. Yeah. And, and Jill kind of thought, okay, there's a problem here. Yeah. And so how do you be someone who is in a role and ministering to people and yeah. And still be a human being, still not just being a facade or a, you know a pro- just a professional. Yeah. And how do you set good boundaries? And the boundary, yes, absolutely. One last one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go. Um, uh, my good friend Michael Jensen, uh, who also does a podcast, of course, yes, with Megan Powell de Troyes, who is also on on this recently. Michael and Megan do one of Australia's best stationary podcasts. Mm. It's not recorded on a bus. Right, so it's not not like this one, right? Um, and Michael talks about himself as a team leader, so not a million miles from from my issue. And you know, Michael saying, "Oh, I brought people on team, and I really wanted to respect them and honor them, or whatever." So I just kind of let them loose and let them do whatever they wanted to do and whatever. And so, in, in an attempt, I think, to be honoring and uh, respectful and encouraging, he gave them 
no direction. Okay. And, you know, chaos ensued. Yeah. And, and Michael's reflection on, wow, that's just not a, that's not the way to be a team. Laissez-faire is not a great way to be a team leader. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really interesting episode as well. But, you know, Lee, it's like, you know, oh, say, I love all yeah. my children. All the episodes are great. <laughs> <laughs> What's the audience reaction? Do you hear much from people uh, in response? Um, yeah, bits and pieces. Look, I, I think one of my my failures on my failure podcast is I'm not great at social media. Yeah. and. I, I, you know, I think that's the bit that I haven't done particularly well, A, because I think I'm not naturally inclined to that, and B, I try and avoid as much social media as I can these days. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bad place for my head. And yeah, I... you're a wise and humble man. <laughs> yes, yeah. So uh, my final question, I guess, is is it the permanent end of the podcast? Because you said never say never. Well, I, I'm I don't I'm tempting know. you, but I think there'll be people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I was chatting to someone last night about this, that we were going to record this, and, and she said, why don't you, like in the future, do an episode of um of of people's great successes and you can call it not the blunder bus but the wonder bus <laughs> so you know what people because i cover a news background and i think oh people might not listen to that because they they like hearing bad news <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm not so sure about that look i i don't know um not for a while you know and i i yeah. i i I'd be, at one stage, I was really regular in producing episodes every fortnight and whatever, and then I, I took on another role recently uh, for a, a period of time, and I just didn't do anything with this. And I had this kind of low-level guilt or, you know, I should be doing that, and I'm not. I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to live with that. So let's That's have a nice, good yeah. ending yeah. and might do something in the future. We'll leave the episodes up so people can listen to them if they want to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come, come back at some future stage should the Lord call and you know whatever but you know for the time being you know this is this is where we're going to end well well i tell you what i'm i am privileged to be part of the the um parking of the bus at this stage and um and and love the series i think it's genius actually and may a thousand flowers bloom as (laughs) we'll continue to spread the word about the blunderbuss even though it's parked for the moment thank you congratulations and thanks so much on behalf of your you're very grateful audience. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Uh, and thanks to uh, everyone for being part of the Blunderbuss journey. Uh, you can stay in touch with me at www.generationleadership.com.au. And so at least for the moment, it's goodbye from the Blunderbuss. <laughs> <laughs>